It worked this time, Andrew. He's never impressed. Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Andrew. And my name is Emily. And we're here today with two friends who you might remember from being on the podcast back in January. It's Dan and Michael, the producers, directors, I assume, of The Pedal Movie. Woo. Thanks for having us. Which is now out. It is out. (laughs) Dan is in a haunted, haunted space. Am I? I don't. I don't know if anybody else is seeing what's happening. Oh, I didn't screen. hear Chris was there on my end. Was that on anybody else's? <laughs> what's happening? I, it doesn't show up for me. Oh, it's like flashing green. Oh, it might be the weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting that. The it's sunlight like, looks nice. It's like nice afternoon. For, oh, yeah. there we go. Well, flares. He's got a little. Well, it's angelic. Where, a little bit of make Michael right, Bay it's far action there. North at this time of the evening. Like the sun sets over a very long period of time from like four in the afternoon till like 10 p.m. So there's just all kinds of strain, light refraction that happens. It's magic. It's a constant magic hour. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, we're, we're pretty familiar. I mean, I don't think we're quite as far north, but yes, I feel you on the, it's very light for very long. <laughs> then there's like the, the, the disjointed children laughter. <laughs> Very ghostly. It's haunted. Sorry, <laughs> before we were recording, we were talking about spirits, but not that kind. Right. No, I, I was going to celebrate the uh, this movie coming out and getting an interview, guys, for the uh, for the release by cracking open my Cherry Cheese Quaker Devices mead that I have. I'm, I, I've been waiting to open it for a special moment, but I figure 9 a.m. the day after a really hard day of uh, of moving furniture – Probably not the wisest decision because I'm still a little dehydrated. So drunk, so fast. (laughs) Too early. It's it's too early to be that wasted. I actually don't know what the ABV is, but I thought it was just like 5%. That's fine. For mead? Yeah. It's old school beer. I thought thought mead was old school wine. Was it it wine? It depends. (laughs) It tastes like honey. And it makes you feel nice and warm inside. So that's what matters, right? Sure. No, but I almost cracked it open while I was watching it, and then I decided not to, and I don't was remember why. Was it because why. you were so – But anyways, I'm going to – You were too engrossed in the narrative to focus on anything else, like drinking. <laughs> he told me he was feeling very yeah. emotional. I was feeling a little emotional. I uh, – I, I, I didn't, like, ball my eyes out, but there might have been a couple of rollers <laughs> – Little heaviness. The storytelling was phenomenal. You guys did a great job, and it hit me right in the feels. Right in the feels. But that's awesome. I'm glad to hear. Who would have known that a story about effects could make someone feel something? (laughs) (laughs) It it affected me for sure. Oh wait, it affected you. Yeah. No. Ooh, it's not going to work. It's not stopping. (laughs) Did you put a delay on that? (laughs) No. Like a crisp <laughs> digital delay slowly decaying. That's just Zencaster, just there's, not quite working. Some- <laughs> well, how are you guys doing? Let's let's catch up a bit. Yeah, what's what's new for y'all over the past couple well, months? Well, we finished the film. I should say, Michael, the movie but, is yeah. finished. <laughs> That's the main thing. Um, yeah, th- that really was. Uh, yeah, 
Nice. That's exciting. Uh, so, uh, for the listeners, the pedal movie came out, uh, last Friday, April 30th, and, uh, it's on iTunes, Google Play, and Voodoo, VUDU, um, for, for rent or purchase, right. I assume. Yeah. That is right. Yes. Yes. And, uh, I watched it. I, I was surprised to see myself in it <laughs> more than once. <laughs> Yeah, I got to introduce Prince. That was yeah. pretty neat. Exactly. <laughs> well, when you give such a great interview, you get to be put everywhere possible. <laughs> Your interview was <laughs> Thank great. Thank you. I do appreciate <laughs> that. I, mean, I appreciate that. I'm it not just fun. saying this to, to flatter you, our host, okay. but like it is a thing we've noticed that when we talk to people who are podcasters, especially or, or YouTube, like people who talk in this sort of space, like frequently. They tend to say things pretty concisely. Like, um, you know, Blake's a good example, too. Like, there's maybe several people who mention Prince, but, you know, a lot of the editing process of the movie is to find if seven, if seven people said the same thing, like, who actually said it in the most articulate or clear kind of way. Like, that's a, that was a big part of the editing process. Um, so you being in it the amount of times you are is it's totally a credit to your ability to, to do that. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's great to great to hear. Though I I get that sometimes when I'm doing written interviews because I, I tend to do a lot of those. Um and I have to break somebody's quote out. I'm like, okay, who said this in a way I don't have to like manipulate the quote at all? Like I don't want to have to put in a, like five ellipses to be like, I bought a red Dan Electro guitar. Like <laughs> Yeah, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, I saw that Red Dead Electro, and it was great," or something. Yes, right. Like, I, beginning of the sentence, dot dot dot, which we have no idea what's in there because we don't want you to know. End of the sentence. <laughs> it's usually pretty yes. meandering when I do that. Like that. That's always a problem. It takes some. It sometimes it just takes people a while to get to a point. Yeah, and what you all. just what you just <laughs> described in the editorial sense is what Dan had to do for like a decade. <laughs> writing articles. Right. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Oh, yes. That is what I, that's what I do now. Copywriting yeah. all day, every day. For sure. It's not bad. I like it. For sure. All right. So, um, the pedal movie came out, obviously, like, just to pull back the curtain a little bit. Um, we did record this well before the pedal movie came out, uh, a couple weeks at least. But Andrew obviously watched it. I watched it. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about it some. Yeah. Should we, should we, should, should, should we issue kind of a general blanket spoiler warning? Yeah. Like, spoiler like pedals exist. They they have continued, continued <laughs> oh. to exist, and you know there's new ones that are coming out. Some some documentaries really do require a, a spoiler alert, kind of like um the the QAnon into the storm. Mm. I think like you can fairly do a spoiler alert on that one. But yeah, the spoiler I'm like. Guitar pedals were invented, have been used, are seeing a resurgence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, they're even like I've been reading through books. I like I've got books on my bookshelf behind me, behind the screen screen I just whacked. Um and I've like I've read through them all and I, I feel like I've got a decent understanding of the history and like there's still like bits and pieces I'm like, oh. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Like kind of just having that all filled out and whether it be a couple of the anecdotal stories or just uh, it, putting together pieces of like I've read about a couple different fuzz pedals in two different books and didn't realize where they lined up on the timeline. Hmm. I mean, 
Yeah, that's I'm, fair. I'm curious. Yeah, so I think that was that was also like a really big impetus for us doing this because it's you know like like you were just saying a lot of the individual stories have existed in articles. You really kind of have, a, have to want to find those, but so us putting mm-hmm. this into sort of one big concise. Um, you know, story where it's weaving in and out and showing kind of like the larger breadth of the influence that everybody had on each other, artists, builders, 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 artists, builders, you know, et cetera, so on and so forth. Um, I like for us, I think that was like the big kind of light bulb. Let's, let's do that. That hasn't been really done before. And it's a story that like deserves to be told in its entirety or in some entirety. Yeah, oh, because it, I know, know, knowing that you all film like hundreds of hours of interviews to be able to get that down into into you know less than less than three hours even uh, you did in about two hours and twenty two minutes that sounds that sounds like a task it sounds like you probably had to make some some choices that I don't envy yeah definitely <laughs> so many choices <laughs> yeah I mean we may have mentioned this the last time but I think the real kind of mm-hmm. conceit or mm-hmm. challenge is like. Um, finding stories both in kind of the historic chapters as well as the more contemporary ones that are like emblematic of the, the pattern. So like it would be a really repetitive and kind of ultimately tedious movie if it was like here's the origin story of like every pedal company just you know because like they're all interesting they're all great people and interesting pedals but you know they all follow kind of a similar pattern so it's sort of a matter of deciding like okay having a few people talk about how they got into it and how they learned how to solder and how they learned how to market that, you know, whatever it is um, that, that, that microchasm kind of speaks to the whole. And by weaving together all those kind of disparate microchasms kind of creates the, the broader narrative. And I mean, I may have, again, you know, like this is something I've said to a few people, but like, if you go in watching this movie to, with the eye of like, I can't believe they didn't mention blank my blank favorite pedal or blank favorite pedal builder. Like, yeah, you're going to like, it's just not possible for every pedal to be mentioned, every pedal company. And that's, and there are obviously a lot of ones that don't get included that we would have loved to have the time and space to do. But that's again, the, the sort of, the sort of conceit and like structure of it is like showing the really, some really exciting examples that still speak to kind of like the broader truth, you know, in the, the broader history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another yeah. interesting thing with the film, because we're not, it's not a voiceover film. Dan and I didn't write the movie, right? I mean, we did after the interviews were created, which you'll see in almost any documentary, but we weren't actively writing a film. This isn't like uh narrated by Peter Coyote. Exactly. Which I love that, but we wanted this to yeah. be from the mouths of the people who were being interviewed. And so it, became for us this really fun Easter egg hunt where somebody would say something, for instance, you know, George trips or, you know, would, would talk about uh, prescription electronics, you know, and it would set us on a, on a path of like, this is, this must be very important. Jack Brazart must be very important because George trips who we considered to be one of the very first nineties boutique builders that set off a thing is talking about it. And so that occurs throughout all of the interviews, which kind of lead us to go to kind of amalgamate uh, and aggregate who set, who mentioned a couple of these same things. Okay. This must be something that we should pursue. Mm -hmm. And so 
it, it, it kind of is a really organic right. way to look at like who we do include and who we don't. And it's not a malicious thing if we didn't. Absolutely not. It's more like this yeah. is kind of who all of these folks combined with, you know, our own sort of like data on like popularity within, you know, all of that kind of stuff, you know, to tell the story, the human sure. story of effects throughout mm-hmm. it. So uh, that's a little bit of like behind the curtain about, you know, sort of how we choose, chose certain stories and, and brands. Total yeah. side note. <laughs> I loved watching George just drink through his bottle of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, throughout well, the movie. Like, Oh, and the bottle's a he's little like a empty. Real connoisseur. He, um, he like yeah. brews, like does his own blends and stuff like that. Um, that's a hot nam tip for you. Um, the other funniest one is I don't know if it comes awesome. up in, in the movie. That was his whiskey. I don't even remember if it comes up in the movie, but um, is Paul Gilbert, uh, who who's when we interviewed Paul Gilbert in his studio in Portland, his his adorable little cat was like jumping around behind him the whole time and like climbing on his guitars and stuff. And um, if and that that, that <laughs> same uh, shoot that same day, we also turned into like a reverb feature about Paul Gilbert's guitar collection. And if you watch that video, it's like um, you can kind of tell like the continuity based on like where his cat is like jumping around in the screen. <laughs> I love that kind of thing. I feel like I saw a cat in that movie. I, I, I don't, I don't really remember. Yeah. There was the yeah. Paul Gilbert cat. There's a, there's a cat spotting with um, at death by audio with Heather Bickford and Natalie yeah. Hernandez. <clears throat> there's a few cats. You got to look for them. But they're there. Yeah, I, I think we egg. need to start like a. We should we should do like a giveaway. Like the first person to guess the correct amount of cats in the movie <laughs> gets something. Yeah, yeah. Cat spotting ticker. Yes. Maybe I'll give away a cat. One of my one of my mini cat. Or just one of your cats. I'm just kidding. I have one. Or the pedal movie drinking game. No. <laughs> oh no! Too soon for me. Oh my god! <laughs> About giving away cats. No, my my mom took. Percy. Took Aww. a cat with her, so yeah, I'm down to just Poppy now. Mm. I'm sad. Percy was a cuddle bug. He's an absolute cuddle bug. I mean, she, I say like she took him. She moved like 15 minutes away, so it's not like it's a big deal. But yeah, yeah, man. Um, what kind of drinking games could you play during the pedal movie that would potentially kill you? That's the, that, that would be a. Yeah, the pedal movie drinking <laughs> game is definitely something somebody w- should and probably will make uh, and post on a message board. <laughs> Let's get ahead of that. That'll be good. Drink <clears throat> when you hear the word fuzz. You know, no, you die. You would be dead. <laughs> you'd be dead in the first like thirty minutes. You'd, you'd yeah, you'd be die. dead before you get to the eighties. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 100%. And then I thought the eighties almost killed me. I mean, take a drink every time the pedals on Josh Scott on Josh Scott's side table change. <laughs> I think you were, that could watching, be a good you were one. watching that with an eagle eye. I was just You're, like, I was just like, oh every my God, single shot with him, he he's got like a different set of pedals, yeah. like based on what right. decade is he's it, talking about. What's so funny is an interview that was a while ago uh, in the Reverb Studio in Chicago, as opposed to going to him in, in KC, and he brought like like a suitcase of some of his like rarest pedals. And it was, it was, it, was, it just seemed very much like in a heist movie where somebody has this briefcase, <laughs> like, uh, like, uh, what's it, like, um, chained to their, their wrist, like handcuffs. Like, it was just like, yeah, exactly. Pulp fiction. Just open up. We good? Are we happy? We good. We happy. Yeah, it, it <laughs> did he, when he oh, opened it up, great. did it emit an orange light? Uh, it did. Yes, that was just the clone. It, it, it should have. 
<laughs> no wonder they're so valuable. Number two. Does he have claw number two? I I think he sold it. Yeah. Well, what else could we? Now I'm trying to think. What else could we put in? He didn't. I don't think. Did Did y'all get into clones in yeah. the movie? Really? Yeah. 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 Clon, I don't remember. We did. Sorry, we we conveniently ago. put the clone in in a place where you think that we miss it. Oh, right. But it's because yeah. it come. You know, it actually came out in the '90s. But it it made a lot more sense for us to put it into a section about the vintage market, kind of recom. You know re-exploding or exploding i guess kind of for the first time and mm-hmm. right. so we wanted to no. make people go like they forgot the clown i can't believe it i'm going to turn this movie off but, but don't worry we do we do <laughs> talk about the clown <laughs> big big fake out yes. plot twist exactly spoilers <laughs> oh that was a that was a good spoiler yes. one actually <laughs> yeah we're doing a thing with our uh, patreon supporters so this might be a good time to plug our patreon um if you're uh, subscribed to our Patreon at patreon.com slash get offset, we are doing a uh, kind of like a book club version of this movie where uh, I'm using the Patreon dollars that you give us to help you rent the movie. <laughs> and uh, then we're all going to talk about the movie in a little uh, audio video, video chat on our super secret discord. So check us out. Patreon.com slash get offset. That's super yeah. cool. That's Let us fun. know about that. Yeah. When it happens. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if y'all can y'all can make it. I know that the time zones are kind of uh, wacky, but yeah, should be fun. We don't sleep. You have anything else to plug, Andrew? I guess leave ratings, reviews on iTunes for both this yes. podcast and the pedal movie. Yes, please. I will okay. definitely be leaving a five star rating for the podcast and yeah. for the movie. Um, for the movie, uh, it's, it's out of ten stars, right? It's, I wonder and if we you have know. to do anything to get. Do any of you use Letterboxd? I wonder if we have to do anything to get it onto Letterboxd, or if it automatically pulls from IMDb or something. Because Letterboxd reviews are are the best, and I think we can get some Letterboxd? really good quirky ones. We'll have to see. Oh, the I'm social film, the social film. So discovery? if you're into movies, Letterboxd is a. I, I, I swear they're not free. paying me. It's a really fun, like, social review platform where you can, like, leave reviews for movies and, like, see reviews your other friends leave. Uh-huh. But it's, like, it's like descended to most of the reviews are just, like, witty one-liners. They're not actually film reviews. Um, the most famous review is somebody <laughs> left a review for the movie Joker that was just, this really happened to my friend Steve, or whatever. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> anyway, I, I'm, again, I'm not in connected to Letterboxd in any way, but if you're into films, I recommend it as a fun platform to play around on. Nice. I Wow, they have a very long FAQ. I'm not going to read that right now, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure the answers are there. I've never heard of this, but that's kind of funny. <laughs> One-liner review for the pedal movie. It affected me. <laughs> there you go. Well, you've already called dibs on that one. There's a joke in here somewhere. There's, really there's a joke in here somewhere about crybabies, but I can't articulate it quite well right now. Oh, wow. yeah. Wow. Uh, did you all watch the uh, Pedals the Musical, the JHS thing? Yes. That seemed very timely for, because <laughs> I think I just watched Pedals the Musical, and then I watched the Pedal movie. I'm like, ah, yes, the first 30 minutes of this are familiar to me. <laughs> sure. Well... Kind of. There's no. There's kind no. Me, there's no. Um, breaking into song and dance, though. I really would have liked 
it if, you know, Felipe Herndon or Mike Matthews would have just started breaking into song and dance in the interviews. We didn't get that far. <laughs> but Man, yeah. I think you could have gotten Philippe there. Oh, definitely. I think you could have you could have you could have done it. Oh now yeah. He, now he's thinking, damn it! <laughs> why didn't I? Yeah. This is my big chance. I yes. love him. I love the um the blues pedal that he did on April Fools with Demos in the Dark. We talked about that last uh like right after April Fools, but Yeah. Watching Ryan from Demos in the Dark try to play bad. Mm. <laughs> yes. And Felipe Felipe was in uh our April Fools uh video that we did on the uh yeah. the great um Margaret Cutlass. If you don't know her, go there check that go. video out. <laughs> like, Maggie Cutlass. It is it is remarkable oh, yeah. how the famous uh, man she uh, it's remarkable how committed to April Fools this industry is compared to most industries. Um, I mean, I, I say that non judgmentally, but it is yeah. like the amount of April Fools jokes related to pedals versus other hobbies and interests that I have any sort of peripheral view of seems very high. There aren't any sourdough starter April Fool's shows. Not that I saw. I was what I was looking. People, that's that is serious business. Okay. That that landed like a turd. <laughs> it's not funny. Don't make a uh, fucking crack. joke about the sourdough starter. God damn. Uh, uh, I love how many of those April Fool's jokes for the pedals actually existed. Like I bought this the the coils from Rare Buzz, Rare Buzzer or whatever. Yeah, rare buzz. It just, uh, it's an anti buffer and it makes your cable runs sound longer. <laughs> it gives you that real long cable run sound that yes. has delighted and inspired guitarists for decades. <laughs> yes. And the chip, uh, the chips in like wacky whammy. Did you see that? It's like oh, a yeah. four foot long mm-hmm. whammy bar, which is for sale. Yes. You can buy them. I can actually, I can say this because I will hopefully have done it by the time the video comes out. I did buy it and I started using it in demos and just, it just did not acknowledge that I have this weird four foot long whammy bar. I think it's super cool. Like it's, a, it's an aesthetic choice at this point. It's like not even funny. It's just cool. I think it's cool. See, Andrew, Andrew thinks the same and I'm, I'm not in agreement with y'all. No, okay. I'm like, I think this is the dumbest thing. <laughs> the stupidest thing. The we we stupid. got into a fight. Was it last, um, God, it was April, April 6th or something. Something like that. And yeah, I think it, the fight ended when Emily said that ACDC wasn't good without the, uh, the gimmick. And <laughs> no, I didn't I, say I that. I, just, I said that. I think I just gave up at that point and walked away. Um, no, no, you said. Are you saying that he needed more, like, uh, like he needed a trick to have more stage presence? And I said yes, and then you just stopped. It's funny because, like, it, it takes someone being so wrong and so serious to, to well, be like, okay, okay I'm just trying to grossly misrepresent what you said to try and undermine your appearance right now. So, my appearance, reinforce mine. I think I look great. What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, I can't believe y'all didn't talk about the Crowther hotcake in your movie. Me either. Movie over. The Crowther hotcake. We grossly misrepresented that. That pedal. yeah. You, should. <laughs> you didn't talk enough about New Zealand or Australian builders. I can't remember which one. No, it's New Zealand. I mean, it is. That is actually I can't a. Remember that which is one like. Is. I have like this. Uh, I think I'm on a slight delay, guys, which is okay. But if my interjections seem off time, that is why. Anyway, I, uh, I'll just talk uninterrupted forever. Um, 
So uh, I have like this list of like people like that that are like, oh man, we should have, could have, you know, like, oh, they're important. They came at this point that like, I'll like wake up and like remember, you know, and like, it, it's like a, uh, a point of anxiety. Um, but that is definitely one of them because we've, I only found out very late in the process that he was, oh. uh, how early he was in it. Um, so like that, that's, uh, there is, there is one Kiwi voice in the film though. And that is Ben from Red Beach, which, uh, comes up. So we do have at least a little bit of a Southern hemispheric, but yeah. only, only very, only very little bit. Representation. So I'm curious then, like, well, let's talk honorable mentions. Who, who else is on that list that haunts you? Well, I think I may mention this last uh, time. Tom Cram, yeah. who's awesome. I love um, Cram for sure. Um, yeah. Bum, we were planning on shooting with the uh, Eventide crew yeah. before COVID derailed that, and we kind of had to abandon that. But Eventide would have been really mm. great because those guys have been in the business forever and have this perspective of, like, studio stuff that's sort of unique. Yeah, didn't they start making like um? Didn't they start with 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 plugins? They well, didn't they've start been making pedals, right? Yeah, gear since like Alford. the seventies yeah. and like revolutionary. Right? I mean, the pedals is a very late thing in their evolution as a company, but that would have been a really unique perspective. I'm really bummed we didn't right. get to talk to them. Um, and then yeah, I mean, if you listen, there's a few. There's quite a few people. John Cusack was a was another one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That interview was another COVID victim. Yep. Yeah. John Cusack. Um, and then, and then, I mean, this is probably, I mean, what? Oh, that, the interview was a COVID victim. Yeah, again, okay. I think my, my delay may be throwing off my timing here, but, um, the other, the other one, and this is sort of like, I guess, just kind of like cards on the table. The thing that I think is probably the biggest omission in terms of interview subject matter, which is going to be very obvious to a lot of people who watch this is the vibrant, uh, boutique. Uh, Japanese industry. Like we didn't talk to anybody who's making pedals in Japan because we didn't go to Japan, weren't able to coordinate yeah. like a situation to, to make that happen. So that's, that is, I would say that's the biggest sort of like wish we could have arranged that. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah, Cause it was like, from you, it's like a 12 hour difference, isn't it? It's in bananas. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, t- to be fair, we did try very hard to, it's like we, you know, you don't need to interview every single person you could talk about and mention people and stories and companies without interviewing them, right? I mean, every every documentary in the history of time has done the same. You can make a movie about the Beatles without interviewing the Beatles for the film, right? Uh, so thankfully, we were able to talk yeah. about a lot of the key um, brands and companies that you think you'll see or that, that you think you'd want to see. But... Yeah, it's like, you know, it's kind of a mixture of, like, accessibility and and just ha- having to choose the right, the amount of folks that kind of check various pockets, right, within within the, the industry. So, like, you know, choosing a few folks who are, who, who, who were able to speak about the digital landscape, whether it's Source Audio, you know, Strymon, et cetera a few folks who are really a, uh, can speak to the major internet boom, you know, your Earthquakers and your Josh Scotts and your Wamplers, and then your really small builders that are one or two people like Daredevil, like, et cetera. So, you know, because we can't talk to 2,000 
pedal builders mm-hmm. and stick them into a two and a half hour movie and, you know, making a 14 hour, you know, six, seven part series might be a little overkill. Um, we tried really hard to basically say like, okay, who, who can we find to represent various pockets of this industry? Um, and hopefully in the B roll and all mm-hmm. that, like we get enough folks across where it, where it still tells like the overall story. You know what I mean? Right. I think you guys did a phenomenal job of telling the whole story. I I think anyone who says, oh, my God, I can't believe you didn't do the yada yada. They deserve a failed sourdough starter. So those are the ones that I have. I have some failed I mean, ones right now. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I remember uh, on the last. Again, I'm Go sorry, ahead. guys. My uh, my relay here is, is throwing off my timing. But um, um, <laughs> I was going to say the other part of balancing that is like like Michael was saying, like there was definitely a temptation to make a you know, Game of Tones, like, you know, season, like a 11 hour, you know, we're going to cover the full breadth of it. But like, there's this balance that also is we were really deliberately trying to make something that was accessible to people who aren't already invested in this industry and in this, in this like hobby. Cause like, there are a lot of people who are really invested in yeah. pedals like us who would love to see the insides of every, you know, maker and every pedal and get really into the wires and into the weeds of, of every story. But at the same time, we're trying to make a movie that is also going to be interesting to people who are like maybe guitarists or into music, classic rock, you know, whatever it is, um, Prince, you know, like, but they don't necessarily like care about like, you know, the minutia so much. So it's that, that is a very hard, not, not hard, I guess it, intriguing and like and like captivating challenge was trying to balance those two you know impulses of like the this is really for the heads versus like this is for everyone you know it's a story it's not a encyclopedia yeah i like that i like i like it's a story not an encyclopedia i think that's going to be a mantra i think uh for because you know there 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 could always be more and I, a lot of times I watch these documentary series and uh, they lose me. Mm-hmm. They lose me because it's just a little bit too long. Maybe trying to force an episode around a theme that didn't deserve a whole like hour or like couldn't fill it. But they're like, oh, we have that time. I, I, I like that you all leave people wanting more and you're doing these kind of um, shorts and extras. I know you did one for in Women's History Month. That uh, went about as one would expect. Uh, yeah. One to go, uh, something about women in gear to go on on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> I think I messaged Dan and was like, "Don't bother." Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, well, the good thing, I'm I'm happy I'm happy we didn't put out the. Um, thankfully, you know, maybe folks uh, now that the film is out have seen the part of the film about forums, and now <laughs> maybe we should have waited till after it now. No, there's no way. To yes, do TGP it. is going to. That's yeah. going to go over really well on TGP. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I think that that um, that's that story that we just put out, uh, the extras where the women builders is uh, was a really like important thing to to put out asap and a part and sort of like pull it out of the film, expand on it a little bit um, because it is you know so much of this film was about like looking into the cultural. Uh, aspects of the industry, whether they're business uh, aspects or whether they're more like personality aspects or artists creating trends, you know, like the culture outside of the circuits, right? 
And obviously, like inclusion's a, a huge mm-hmm. thing that that is taking the industry into different um, all kinds of different levels and kind of. You know, there's like a sea change mm-hmm. occurring in the last couple of years across the music industry, music instruments industry. So why wouldn't we talk about it? It's it's super important. So the naysayers can will continue to naysay, and we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Nor should you. Right. For a couple, Dan, I, was... I think was going to say something, and oh, then the yeah. delay kicked in. But I, I want to hear oh, what Dan I, has I to just, say. I, Michael covered it pretty well, but I was going to just say thanks to Emily for that message and for and for going to bat because I have this sickness where I feel like I need to like correct people on the internet. And I was thinking to myself, like, has anybody ever been convinced of anything on the internet? Like, has anybody ever read a comment or a tweet reply or, or whatever it is? And like had their mind effectively changed. Like, I think if there's like a tweet, like a Twitter thread or a Reddit thread or ever where somebody called, not, not, not me. Like, oh, you're right. I didn't look at it that way. I, my opinion, like that should be like in the Smithsonian or something like that should be like that moment. Um, but what bothers me so much about that dialogue and just yeah. like, we don't need to harp on this, but like, I don't know, like for what it's worth, just reading some of the comments and different venues in response to that video is not even the people who are like outwardly misogynistic and like, and like, you know, terrible and like hateful. Like that's obviously hugely problematic. But it's the people who have this sort of willful ignorance of like, why is this even a problem? I can't believe people make such a big deal out of gender or, or like the, like people who like act offended because you're raising the issue. And it's like, dude, like, well, person, but dude, you know, like, um, yeah, it's like the fact that you don't think is an issue means it's never been an issue for (laughs) you because you've never been in a position where your identity has like marginalized you and you don't have any empathy. And it's like, you you spend you're a sort of person who spends hours like commenting on YouTube yeah. demos or Reddit threads or whatever, or whatever it is, and that's like an expression of culture around this hobby. This topic is also an expression also also an expression of culture around this hobby. If you just want to go play pedals in a total vacuum, like cool, but like it, the hypocrisy of like I don't want these topics to be raised in this hobby is like yeah. it's just so hypocritical and really it really grinds my gear. Yeah, you know, I think, we, I think that we spent a long time as a culture trying to pretend that these differences don't exist. And we that was how I think people expected us to approach it and how we were kind of taught to approach it, not just in terms of like gender stuff, but with race issues like to teach. Oh, like, oh, we just act like it doesn't exist. Act like there's not a difference when there is. And you need to. I, I feel like we, we tried that for a while. It didn't work. So maybe now we need to try a different strategy of like making the world a a more equitable place. And maybe the way you do that is to celebrate the differences, point out the differences and teach more awareness. Because I think that when you don't talk about things like that with children or with anybody, they don't have that awareness and you can't really fully blame them for not having that um, at the time. But like, you got to learn, you got like, it's, it's like you go in to do your jury duty and the first thing they do is they show you a video about implicit biases. And um, that's just like, that's just obviously just one example. But that was kind of how I felt. Uh, what kind of ground my gears a little bit with, with those comments were the people who like made judgments about the film as a whole from watching a, an eight minute clip. That's what really pissed me off. And that's what I like everything else I expected. But to have like a couple people go in and say, 
oh, this is just an extra. I'm like, shut up. You haven't seen the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down. That's just classic people <laughs> looking did, for something to be did appreciate about, you, you know. uh, commenting on that. Yeah. If you're looking yeah. for, if you're, you know. Well, so it, go you guys. Go ahead. So many people. Michael, I was just I was just going to mention the uh, the quote for I want to say it was Jamie Stillman in the movie said it was talking about the the guy who's chained to their keyboard in their basement That's eating actually, dog food. That was actually Dweezil. ranting Dweezil, about things yeah. on the internet. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's Dweezil. Zappa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And I thought that was I thought that was a really fair, uh, kind of harsh but fair. Uh, thing to pull out of the movie. Yeah. It, it's um, interesting. It, in the it just is to encapsulate that. Right. If you, I mean, if you're talking about you know 150 hours of interviews, cutting room floor type of stuff, hundred so much time spent. Uh, it may surprise people that it, a lot. I would say that a very large majority of folks that we interviewed had a lot to say about. Internet people, good and bad, but I would say that we could have probably done, you know, a, a three-part series just on the, the the idiosyncrasies and the rabbit hole that is like internet when it comes to um, the pedal landscape. And I think I I think uh, it's like some of the most fascinating stuff to me. It got. It, extremely tangential, like to, to spend more time on it than I think we gave, you know, we gave it as much time as, as we could without it suddenly going into a very different film. But that was something that like was really interesting yeah. for us. And we, we, we didn't plan on spending a lot of time on it while interviewing people, but everybody had a lot to say about forums, YouTube people, internet people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's obviously something that like, is on people's minds and, you know, there's kind of a community around yeah. just the sort of negative aspects of what that's created. So there's yeah. just, if yeah, there are a lot if, of negative aspects about the internet. There's a lot of beautiful stuff too. Right. I would just say, if you're somebody who likes to kind of be trolly, everyone is listening. All the people that you're trying to, to say negative stuff <laughs> against, they're all listening to you. So uh, I guess that shouldn't make you feel very good, but it, it, you know, I don't know. I'm not one of those people. So yeah, there's, there's one that I've, I've kind of pulled out every once in a while for, for trolls. And, uh, it's, it's basically like, who, who do you think you're talking to is kind of a big one. And, and my band has experienced that too. We, we blocked a person who, uh, was commenting on a, a, a picture our singer posted, uh, and they're like, "Oh, we just like Jenna so much better when, when, when she doesn't wear a lot of makeup and when when her hair isn't some bright color." And she's like, "Who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> like, well, do you yeah. like mean to be insulting me? Why don't you assume that I'm running my band's account? It's it's yeah. that kind of thing, but right. And yeah. I guess I should say too, like the um, as a sort of you know, add on to they are listening. Like if you're one of those people and you're commenting, they're listening, but they're not, they don't care that you're just making them mad. They're not going to change something because you're demanding that, you know, this is, yeah. Yeah. 
I think you know. I think you know what we're talking about. But yeah, it's one of those. things. Yeah, basically, like they hear you and they don't care. You're like, um, it's like a mosquito in your ear, kind of more than anything else. Yeah. Like I've I've said I've also another response I've had is people will say, oh, you do this in your demo, you should do this instead. I'm like, well, maybe you should start a demo channel because you obviously have a very very clear idea of what you want in a demo channel. Like you have a great vision, go for it and leave me alone. <laughs> That's where I live with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, the, so that takes us kind of towards the end of the movie where we start transitioning into this is what the last decade has been and how much it seems like from every decade since 19, really just throughout the entire movie, every decade changes so drastically. Like 10 years is just worlds apart from um, – and so, you know, this movie is filmed on the back half of this decade and uh, – now we're looking at the beginning of the decade and you guys have spent an absurd amount of hours kind of just digging into the last 50, 60, 70 years of this history. And I, I'm curious with all of that context, it, kind of towards the end of the movie, someone, I forget who said it, it was, um, someone said, can it be like, is it going to be like this forever? And the obvious answer to that is no, but, w- but what's next? Yeah. I mean, given the trajectory and how much you guys have sunk uh. your teeth into this, I imagine you have oh, a good wow. answer. Oh wow! I hope that. you're prepared to be slightly disappointed. Um, I uh, it's a really good question, and, and to take and to take a slight step backwards, which you're you're scratching up against like a something that's like endlessly fascinating to me as like a former history major and and somebody who thinks about this stuff a lot is like the further you get in away from the history, like the easier it is to like you're, like put like start and stops and like periodization and like. Um, it's really hard to do that when you're actually living through it. Like the power of retrospect to clarify sometimes in good ways and sometimes in bad ways. Like there were digital pedals that existed in the seventies and lots of digital pedals that existed in the nineties. It was really easy for us to say like, okay, the eighties was like the digital because like decades are like a convenient, you know, bookmark. Um, to actually answer your question though, you know, we kind of, this kind of comes up at the end of the movie. Um, spoilers. No, uh, if somebody's listening to this podcast backwards, they're going to get great spoiler warnings. Um, so, uh, so I, I think, I think <laughs> the big theme obviously is pedals as instruments as opposed to pedals as effects, right? So like some, like you're a pedal player, you're buying this pedal because it does something and you want to explore it the way that somebody might explore a synthesizer. And I think that kind of continuation of that impulse where, like you're you're really defining your sound and your creative expression based on how you use a pedal or, or manipulate sound as a tool is sort of like what's going to keep on developing and exciting in new ways. As part of that, also, I think that the distance between like synthesizers and synth gear and pedal gear and guitar gear is going to continue to like collapse more. So that I mean, really, like how different are the circuits in like Eurorack synthesizer systems? And like the circuits in a lot of like really like new, you know, forward looking pedal boards, there are some differences in terms of like, you know, like the, the, like, like the levels of the audio and like, and like stuff like that. But it's really like not that much. It's like not that far of a leap. So I think, I think that that sort of continuation of like, of like pedals being this sort of form of expression or like tool of expression that takes on a life of its own and kind of collapses with like synthesizers and other types of gear is sort of where everything is. I mean, this isn't, uh, this is not a super like unique or novel perspective. Like it's pretty evident, but I just think that's like, I think that would be the chapter we would add to this if we were going to make this movie like four, five years from now. Yeah. 
I think I hundred percent agree with, with that. And that's kind of why we do put a, a, a big focus on that as like the film closes, because I think, you know, in the eighties pedals didn't die. People thought they were going to with synth music popping up and we're kind of in another, uh, I guess you could say similar era where people, especially maybe of the older or more like classical, classically minded, uh, mindset are, are like guitars dead. Um, it's not, but also it's just the way that they, <laughs> it's just the way that they think about guitar. Maybe not as, uh, prominent as, as it once was. That doesn't mean that the guitar is dead or that effects are dead. In fact, I think there's, there's a lot of evidence to show that like the market is rising and rising. Just people aren't making three chord rock and roll jams as much. They're doing more inventive things. Even if you think that a laptop and, you know, some sort of VST software is not interesting. Somebody else does think that it is. And so people utilizing effects uh, and taking circuits, digitizing them, taking digital stuff, analogizing it, right? There's all kinds of things that are going to make um, that industry continue to carry on similarly to when we thought it wouldn't 30 years ago. Nice. Nice. Um, let's see. I think I might have sent some questions if we want to talk about those. Um, you know, and feel free to not answer this, but um, I th- I was super impressed that you all got Fran in, in, in the movie. Because on a very personal level, I uh, reached out to her um, several years ago about um, an, an article I was trying to have written and it ultimately just didn't come together. Um but she told me she was retired. <laughs> Didn't yeah. want to talk about that shit anymore. <laughs> and, she, and she is. Yeah, I think I think we were we were also pleasantly surprised. I mean, obviously, Fran is an awesome person. And once once we went to uh, Pennsylvania and actually met with her, it like proved everything that we thought that that you know we were like this is going to be. She's so awesome. And after meeting her, like we were like, wow, she's even more awesome than we thought, but getting, getting that interview. And I think Dan could probably speak to this a bit more was, I, I think hopefully what we had on our side was, was we're making a film about the history of effects pedals and you're extremely important to that. So if you want to be represented, please say yes to this interview. Yeah, I I think (laughs) I'd have to, I'd have to dig out the emails, but it was, I think it was really the appeal of like, you know, we want to kind of tell the story, like, holistically, you know, maybe, you know, warts and all to some, to some extent. And, you know, this isn't like a, you know, I think, I think approaching it as like, I, th- I, th- I mentioned this in, an, in another interview we, we just did, but what's, what was really cool about the, the Fran interview, um, one of many things is that unlike a lot of builders, Fran, isn't in the industry anymore. So there's a certain distance that gives this sort of like, um, clarity and like, um, like thoughtfulness. You'll notice that we pull that interview in for a lot of the historical sections as well. And that's just because Fran is like so intelligent, thoughtful about it. So I I think it was sort of emphasizing like the, the historical and like, you know, that perspective that, um, you know, luckily it worked out because I mean the proof's in the in the pudding. It's like a really great part of the movie. In my yeah, 
Yeah, I just love listening to her talk about stuff. I'm sure she could have driven her own documentary, is my guess. I bet she has some stories. <laughs> yeah, there. I, I, I would really like to, uh, and I think we probably will, we're going to be continuing to pull up some more sort of cutting room floor extras, bonus feature type of thing, as we have been with Where the Women Builders and uh, Nels Klein's thing. We have a Mutron story. There's a bunch of stuff popping up on the Reverb YouTube channel. I think we're going to carry on doing that because – uh, so many of the stories like Fran's um, uh, warrant being heard more, uh, you know, in the same format. We just could not fit them all into the film. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to see them at some point this summer. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. So I think that's a pretty good good place to, to wrap unless, Andrew, or y'all have uh, other closing thoughts. Um, uh, um, subscribe to the Reverb YouTube after you watch the movie to I'll just to get say more clips. Uh, yes, thank please. you very much for thank you very much for, that was thanks for having us and um, thank you for your participation and support through this project thank you so much for for inviting me it was really uh, exciting exciting for me I kept looking at my husband while we were watching and I'm like I'm in a movie with fucking Kevin Shields <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah and it's forever so that's cool <laughs> right. That's that's wonderful. My mother's proud. Definitely, that's great. (laughs) I kid. My mom's always proud of me. Uh, Neat. So, uh, does anybody else have any anything else uh, to to wrap wrap with? I I just want to say a uh, thank you right back to you guys because yes, my goodness. um, I guess so. So, the beginning of this episode, I mentioned that I got a little misty eyed, and I think the the thematic element that hit me really hard on a personal level was the entrepreneurship and the success of that and like hearing some of those success stories and kind of ending with a, and you can do it too. I think, I think it's something that I really needed to hear personally at this moment in time. I think I'm not alone in that. And I think that's going to have a really huge positive impact in that sense. And so I wanted to say a very heartfelt thank you. Um, for making me literally last night in this chair cry solitary tears all by myself. <laughs> that's, I mean, to me, I, I have to say that's so awesome and something that I don't think any of us were. I don't think we were trying to set out to like fool people into getting em- emotional or like feeling for. But w- w- we were trying to make a movie about people and like a really cool grassroots movement that turned into like this big thing, which is really cool. And so it's, I think, what you felt is an extension of, of why we made the film. It's like, there is such a massive community of people who really do care about the industry. And so we made it as a love letter to you and to, to them, but also to the future, to people who don't know the personalities behind the effects. And now hopefully they do. And they, they don't just think, Oh, it's a DS one. They think like, Oh, like somebody made this. (laughs) <laughs> and, and I know the story behind the, the company that yeah. did or whatever. You know what I mean? And so that's really great to hear. I'm glad you had that reaction. Yeah. No, it was super compelling. And yeah, great job. <laughs> Phenomenal job. Thank you. Nice. Awesome. Well, um, I think that is um, a great – this has been a great way to, to spend a Sunday morning. Thanks to Dan and Michael. Everyone listening, watching, please watch the pedal movie. It's available now. Uh, subscribe to the Reverb YouTube for that those bonus features. Um, their mailing list too. I'm sure that they'll send out emails when when new videos drop. Absolutely. But um, 
Yeah. Uh, until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for understanding. My name is Emily. My name is Andrew. That's Dan and that's Michael. Goodbye. One, two, Bye.